1: Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day. We are talking about a movie that is so fitting. Mm-mm. It's Ghost Ship. Yep. <laughs> it's got so much of a lore about uh-huh. St. Patrick's Yep.
0: Leprechauns out the asshole. <laughs> that's, that's, what if the real leprechauns are
1: the ghosts we met along the way? <laughs> Strong out the gate. Um, leprechauns are the ships we made along the way. <laughs> ships or boats don't come for me i'm gonna call it both the entire I'm call time it a boat. i'm gonna call it a boat and if boat. somebody who is like actually it's a ship i'm like go fuck yourself mm-hmm. it's a ghost whatever i want it to be <laughs> ghost boat ghost, ghost, boat, ghost, boat. ghost <laughs> boat i've had some wine <laughs> we're covering ghost ship we're covering ghost ship which is a patron pick it's a patron we pick. are not gonna forget to say it yep. it's a patron pick um way to go patrons! you chose a movie that was <laughs> a real blast for some reason which like i don't think we had a real reason to do it but we gave them all underwater theme i was like i am craving aquatic I'm craving horror and so i put together a list that was all underwater or the water-based only horror. way that we can get what we want is to like force our patrons to be like you guys like water and they're like not really and we're like well uh, you do now we are doing oh. ghost ship um ghost ship. Ghost i just ship. finished my facts about this and they're great i can't don't oh that's a out. lot of facts yeah i know i have a lot of facts for this one actually because this one actually had some interesting stuff to say for a very weird movie yeah but i feel like i don't know i didn't think it was that well known but maybe it is i hmm. i don't know i don't know yeah i've seen it three times <laughs> <laughs> in my childhood we talked about this earlier i used to tell people to watch this movie like when i was like 12 13 mm-hmm. whatever be like it's so scary oh my god and then I watched it again as, you know, an adult mm-hmm. woman. And I went, well, <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> I probably, I would say steered people wrong. But as you told me, they were also 13. Yep. It's not like I was going up to full grown adults and being like, have you seen Ghost Ship? <laughs> it's quite the film. It I wasn't, <laughs> right? I pictured myself with a little cigarette and being like, it's very good. I didn't do that. It was other teens and they probably loved it. Yep. But now it's quite the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into some facts. Yes, let's. This movie was directed by Steve Beck, who you told me right away, you went, guess what else he did? And I read it and went, fucking cool, of course. (laughs) Steve Beck also did 13 Ghosts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Oh, but for some reason I wrote 13 Ghosts and then I wrote 13 Ghosts. 13 with the number and then 13. Why did I write both? I don't know. Gotta be thorough. But I did. So he directed 13 Ghosts, but he was the visual director for Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. The Abyss, and The Hunt for Red October. Hmm. His only two directing credits are this movie, <laughs> Ghost Ship, and 13 Ghosts. Because it went so well. Because <gasps> it went so
0: well. And they weren't both paid. Oh, God. They, they are, they're not cult classics yet,
1: but, but they, they are, like, something. they have a following. Like, when you talk about it to certain people, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, Ghost, Ghost ship. ship, and you're like, yeah, yeah. it's something. Um, mm-hmm. you can tell that these were directed by the same person. Oh, yeah. Once you told me, I was like, fucking, of course it uh-huh, is. Uh-huh. Just watch that opening number. Not opening number. It's not a dance. <laughs> <laughs> it's a musical. I mean, they kind <laughs> of dance. There is music in the first, like the Chantos. So it's an opening number then. Yeah. Um, so watch the opening scene for this and then watch the part where the man gets cut in half and then slides <laughs> down the glass and 13 ghosts. Yep. Same movie. <laughs> yep. Um, but let's move on. Written. It was co-written actually by two people. It was written by Mark Hanlon. No other credits for some reason. Huh. I don't necessarily believe that. I just think that when I, where I looked it up, just like didn't have all of the credits this person had. He probably has some short films, I'm guessing. Um, but this was the only one. And then we have John Pogue, who has done a few more. Um, so he did U.S. Marshals, and then he was the executive producer for Fast and the Furious. Oh. Uh, Rollerball, Quiet Ones. He was actually director for that one. And then Blood Brother. Hmm. I only know Quiet Ones and Fast and the Furious. I've never seen The Fast or The Furious. <laughs> Notoriously two different films. Can't watch them at order. Too fast, too furious, too fast, <laughs> too much. Haven't done it. <laughs> too long, didn't read. Um, yeah, Quiet Ones I only know because I think, if I'm wrong, I think that has Kristen Stewart in it. And I will watch pretty much anything with Kristen Stewart no matter how bad it is, So
0: is. I'm doing a good Am I right?
1: One. Tell me if I'm right. I'm going to feel so stupid. We're either going to cut this entire thing out, if I'm wrong, or if I'm right, we're editing it together to make it sound like I was like, Kristen Stewart? Oh, yeah, she's on it. They're not quiet ones. Uh, a thorough Space Adventure, The Messengers, The lo- in The, the Messengers!
0: Alert. It was that one! <laughs> quiet ones.
1: Messengers. messengers yeah, historically, synonym. messengers are very quiet and don't ever speak. The message, their test. I cannot believe. I'm already nervous for how I'm going to have to edit this to make myself not look stupid. (laughs) Moving on. John Pogue wrote The Quiet Ones. It does not have Kristen Stewart in case anybody wants to look that up. It's actually not that. She was in a movie called The Messengers, though, which Uh I knew uh, off the uh, top uh, of my head. Yeah, for sure. So go ahead and jot that down.
0: (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) The cinematography.
1: (laughs) The cinematography was Gail Tattersall. Uh, he also did uh, the Commitments, Tank Girl, and Ooh, then he was hey, director girl. of photography for 120 episodes of House. Huh. I thought you were going to say 121 Dalmatians. <laughs> I really steered you <laughs> wrong on that one. I'm so sorry. No. I got my hopes up. You did, but don't worry because I have some absolutely chef's kiss facts for you okay, after this one. I'm so excited. One. You're gonna, <laughs> I'm you gonna cry. love the rest of this. <laughs> so yes, that was a cinematography, music was by John Frizzle. No relation to Miss Frizzle, I assume. Oh, well, I was
0: going to ask. Unless? Unless?
1: I don't know. But he, um, so I'm going to save these ones for last. These are the uh, movies that he has done mm-hmm. music for, which was I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Mm-hmm. Uh Alien Resurrection. Dante's Peak. 13 Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gods and Generals. Stay Alive. And then the Piece de Resistance. Beavis and Butthead do America. <laughs> Office Space. <laughs> and King of the Hill. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, <laughs> no way. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I can really feel the King of the Hill vibes in this movie. Uh-huh.
0: uh-huh. You know, a song Ooh. came on and was like, that's Beavis and Butthead energy no, right there. That's Beavis yeah. and Butthead.
1: Specifically, it was Beavis and Butthead to America. So it was the movie. Yes. Um, American Beavis and Butthead. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen Beavis and Butthead, definitely. I've I know seen what I'm talking it. about.
0: I have no idea. I
1: have never seen um that. so the budget. Uh-huh. <laughs> the budget was twenty million. Oh, yeah. Does that seem low? Seems high. (laughs) Well, after knowing the facts, I'm like, I am surprised. I know
0: that they had to, like, well, okay. I was thinking, like, in comparison to House, mm-hmm. anything seems high. True, but then also <clears throat> in terms
1: of like he only had one credit before it, I was like, they gave him that much money, which I I know where all this money went, and I'm excited to tell you. And also, it is low for what I'm seeing that they did. Okay, I'm excited okay, to get okay, to okay, but do you know how much money it made? Would you like to know how much it made?
0: Well, it fucking flopped, right? So like ten million
1: unfortunately, and we are so close. No. 68.3 <gasps> million. Oh, no! It was so close so to close. nice. I literally wrote so close. So close. <laughs> so close. <laughs> so close. <laughs> so close. <laughs> uh, yeah, 68.3. Not 69. Okay. Not nice, nice, nice. Um, but it didn't flop as bad as okay I anticipated. So the reviews were bad, but people still saw it. Yes. And I do think that that's because it was... I mean, I obviously... I, I don't I didn't see marketing for it but at the time it came out I was pretty young I didn't see it until like after it had already like been released and everything I didn't see it in theaters and Margulies is a big name yeah so I and I mean I think that it was probably marketed well and it also looked buck wild so I'm guessing that people were like hell yeah so it clearly did somewhat well at least and this could be worldwide and this could also be for its entire run it didn't say Mm -hmm. but that's still more Oh, yeah. I so did not anticipate it being that high. Made their money back. Good for them. Nice. <sighs> so here's some fun facts. Mm-hmm. The script was for uh, actually first appeared as a spec script in 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was originally a bloodless psychological thriller. So the entire script is almost completely... There's no gore. Like, they were just mm-hmm. like, no gore. And then they were like, what if we opened with everyone being cut in half? Uh-huh. And they were like, okay. What so if someone
0: went through a giant gear... And their face was on the bottom of the pool looking up at you after.
1: Dear God. So it was an absolute big change that they made there. Um, I don't know if there were, like, other changes. And I also don't know, like, who was in charge of this change, Mm. how much they were okay with it. I don't know. But that is the biggest change, I think, from the original. Except for the plot is also quite different. Oh, no. (laughs) So... Not only were they like, do you mind if we had a bunch of blood? They were like, do you mind if we also just make this buck wild and completely different from what you've given us? The only thing we will keep is that they will be on a boat, ship, whatever. The original plot was actually uh each night was supposed to focus on one crew member of the Arctic Warrior. Arctic That's the name warrior. of the boat, Arctic Warrior, but as they say it, Act- Arctic Warrior. warrior. <laughs> Arctic Um, warrior! Mayday! Mayday! Arctic (laughs) warrior! (laughs) Sorry, it gets stuck in my head. Um, But originally it was supposed to follow one member of that crew each Mm -hmm. night, and it was supposed to show them starting to develop cabin fever, and it would show how they would plot the death of the other crewmates. Oh, shit. So it wasn't supposed to be, like, a ghost, necessarily. It was supposed to show, like, them devolving. I think that, you know, potentially there was a ghost. I don't know, but it was supposed to show each crew member and how they would have killed the other three on the boat. Wowza. Okay. So I would watch the fuck out of that movie, but I'm also glad we got this one. (laughs) I'm definitely happy. We got this one. I would also watch the fuck out of that, especially Mm -hmm. because it would be each night. And I think it was supposed to be like maybe the same night from each person's perspective. I don't know. Okay. And then the other fact is, um, so photon VFX is the company that was used to create like the visual effects in the movie and they notably did another movie before this. Do you know what movie? Think of the most amazing visual effects that you can that came out in 2002. What movie blew you away in 2002?
0: I'm bad at time. Uh, Spy Kids,
1: the live action Scooby-Doo, baby! Oh my God! (laughs) God. (laughs) Oh shit! This company did all the visual effects for the live action Scooby-Doo, and you know what? Good for them. They nailed it. Good for them. Good for them. Um, so here's where I get into some facts that they did on how they created the ship, which is actually Ooh, super cool. Yeah. So even though this movie is buck wild, the visual effects are dope as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So a full scale replica was built mm-hmm. of the the ship, um, and here's how they filmed it. So it was filmed mostly in uh, Queen Queensland, Australia. Okay. Queensland, Australia. Um, Ghost Ship was the largest visual effect contract that was completely done in Australia to date. Oh. And apparently there's a lot of pride in that. Like this company, and I think a lot of people who worked on it, are like, yep, biggest thing yep. in Australia.
0: That and Scooby-Doo and the Curse that of the Vampire. whatever. Doo, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that is very cool to know. But also, how they filmed the ship is they did have a scale model that was 30 feet, and then they had a full-scale replica of the... like of the ship. (laughs) Um, and it was, uh, so what they did is they filmed, um, a real ship Mm -hmm. off the coast of Wales. Okay. Um, and then they removed the boat from the shot, sorry, the ship from the shot. (laughs) They kept all of the movements, the ocean and the sky. They added in about 300 extra effects, kept the, um, obviously like the movement of it filmed the 30 foot scale replica. And then this is kind of confusing and weird. The footage that they took of the ship off Wales, where they Mm -hmm. removed the ship, they put that into what is called a robotic filming system. Okay. Then they filmed the 30-foot replica. So this 30-foot replica was then mixed with that footage. So they kept the movements, they kept the sky, and it kept all of the backdrops and everything within that. They added in 300 extra effects, kept um, the movements, but then they added in smoke and um, clouds. And that's how they got the shot. Shit. Which is absolutely buck wild. Like, okay. that is so much work. I know yeah. I explained this poorly, but no, like... did that... Didn't, uh, <sighs> right? It, it, it's a lot. Like, I was like, a robotic filming... Huh, what now? So, yeah, that's super cool that they shot a real boat, mm-hmm. a real ship, like, actually in the water, yeah. and then they were like, now take the ship out. And then like, let's keep everything else, and then add in the ship that we want, and then they just added a shit ton of cool effects, and they were like, and there you go. That's incredible. Because, it, like, the movement of a ship on water is very some- specific. Yes. And they said that in order to keep, like, they needed a backdrop. And they needed yeah. to keep the backdrop behind this ship, but they couldn't do it in water because it just wasn't feasible. Yeah. So they would film it on, like, a hill, on, like, a on a stage, like a sound stage, I assume. And they would just shoot from whatever angle they wanted and then be able to put the sky in later. And I was like, that is wild. That's <laughs> really fucking cool. The only way I can think to, like maybe compare it to and I could be wrong is you know how people take like uh, a thousand uh, clips of whatever give it to an AI and then say now write this uh, it almost feels like they were like let's take all of this footage of this this ship in the water give it to this robotic filming system and then be like now basically put that onto this 35 foot ship and see what it looks like yeah that's the only thing I could think that makes sense because I to don't me. know but that's what it feels like and that is so cool that's really fucking cool and that, well, that's all my facts. And a summary for this? Which part? There's like a million plots. <laughs> okay. A crew of salvagers go to what they think will be a jackpot of a job. But are betrayed by what I can only assume is the devil. Well, works for the devil. Some Yeah, a devil's co-worker. <laughs> and there are ghosts. It's on a ship. <laughs> this one this one is hard because there literally every time I thought I understood the plot, something else would happen and I'd be like I watched this when I was 12. No fucking wonder I was like it's about ghosts because I couldn't retain anything else. I was so confused. Ghost ship. Ghost ship. <laughs> I was lost in the sauce at 13 years old and yeah. I was like there's a, there's a ghost and there's a boat. <laughs> and that's all my brain could remember. So that's a summary. Can I have a real one? Because I'd love to hear how someone summarizes this this movie.
0: (laughs) For sure, for sure. Octaguaria. Octaguaria. For sure, for sure. (laughs) I was like, all right. (laughs) Rotten Tomatoes says, Mm -hmm. In a remote region of the Bering Sea, a boat salvage crew discovers the eerie remains of a grand passenger liner thought lost for more than 40 years, but once aboard the eerie cavernous ship, Nope. Cavernous ship. The crew of the Arctic (laughs) Warrior discovers that the decaying vessel's anything but deserted. It's home to something more deadly and horrific than anything they've encountered in all their years at sea.
1: Fair. Okay, fine. That's actually, like, a very good way to describe this without giving shit away. (laughs) Uh uh Fine. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) I swear to God, I begrudgingly like this movie. Everything in my body goes, don't. (laughs) And the rest of me goes, (laughs) yes! Yes! (laughs) Like... Even watching it, I was like, this sucks. This sucks. And then I went, fuck, that was fun. (laughs) Wait. No, I'm going to tell you the whole time I was laughing and thinking to myself, I love this shit. I watched it with my little headphones on in my little room and I was like, fuck. I was like, are you (laughs) kidding me? Fuck. (laughs) Shit. Part of me wanted to scream, but then the other part of me was like, enjoy the ride. I'm lost in the sauce again. Yeah, I can't. So I can only imagine what the fuck you're going to do for Nerd Corner. I can't wait. Is it? Boat-related? Well.
0: Oh. oh! So this was another 13-go situation. <laughs> um, like a Buckwild early-aughts film that is pretty much what you see on the surface. It's not the, there's nothing but
1: there's <laughs> nothing. An empty-only boat.
0: Like, <laughs> you can't. So, like, last week, mm-hmm. I wanted to look not at the specifics of this film, yeah. but at the key motifs. Oh. And how those tie into Ooh. nautical superstitions?
1: Ooh, that is yeah. cool. So let's okay. take it back
0: to the start. Let's. Now I have a scientist in my head. Sorry, it's fine. <laughs> let's take it. Is that the scientist? I have
1: no I'm idea. Not. I'm over it's here just a watching patrol, you, like looking. Love how your brain works. I got a minute.
0: I'm melting. <laughs> yeah, that's my brain. So let's take it back to the start. Let's, and find out what that song is later. Yeah. Uh, so we tell stories mm-hmm. as a people for fun to transmit morality lessons, to pass along traditional practices, but we also tell stories to give order to chaos. So stories are like an integral part of establishing lore, that Mm -hmm. like amorphous body of knowledge and tradition shared among a community. And lore also contains superstitions held by a community or group of people. If one of the reasons that we tell stories is to organize a chaotic world into something more manageable, Mm -hmm. then superstitions can help us feel like we have control. It can give us a semblance of agency or foresight, and no one is more superstitious than sailors.
1: That is true. Yep. <laughs> it's always so interesting to me. Even made-up stuff. This is going to sound so stupid and make me look absolutely wild. But lately, my roommate and I have been watching nothing but Nancy Drew. <gasps> and yes, when I say Nancy Drew, I mean the CW show, but hear me out. I've heard it's, it's good. It's
0: good. I've heard, yeah.
1: Take everything you know about CW shows and throw it oh. out the window, because this one's really good. Riverdale. Not, like, not Buck Wild, good, like genuinely just good. Um, but a lot of it takes place in like a sea town, and a lot of it is to do with like superstitions and like things that, you know, they take home from the nautical superstitions and all that. I love it. And when you were talking about it, I was like, what? am I at Nancy Drew? Am I in the, I in the show? I wish. Is it <laughs> <from> the <title?
0: laughs> Nancy Drew from
1: the title? Nancy Drew
0: from the title.
1: And they work at a restaurant called The Claw. <laughs> oh hot like am. a lobster
0: I yeah, yeah i got that one <laughs> okay well i like <laughs>
1: it for you like a lobster <laughs> like a lobster that there's only one thing. on the yeah. thing which is why I'm. well the lobsters mine. had
0: better days you know yeah well he's, they're eating it he's seen some shit well <laughs> i thought he got in a fight and it was just scrappy but no. for you he, he was dead okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> so i want to dig into why superstition is so strong mm-hmm. among seafaring folks as well as how that can be picked up in film yeah so first let us get a definition of superstition yes Merriam-Webster was kind of a dick about it. Oh, shit. They said it is, quote, a belief or practice resulting from ignorance, fear of the unknown, trust in magic or chance, or false conception of causation. Trust in magic or chance. (laughs) Or chance. Uh, Yeah, so Wikipedia was a little bit nicer and says superstition is, quote, any belief or practice considered by non-practitioners to be irrational or supernatural attributed to fate or magic, perceived supernatural influence, or fear of that which is unknown. Okay. So fear of the unknown is like the driving force, but then yeah. there's also just like a lot of other things kind of swept up yeah. into it. I just think that Merriam-Webster, like, it felt like a lot of value judgment. And I was yeah. like, no one asked you for that, even you though I definitely be rude. Googled it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I asked, but yeah. I didn't like the answer. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> it makes sense for sailors to be superstitious. Even with the technology we have now, fishing and fishing adjacent work is still the second most dangerous job in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, the first is logging.
1: I mean, I can see yeah. that
0: the ocean, as you very well know, mm-hmm. is very scary. <sighs> A storm can easily become deadly, and even beyond the large scale dangers like the weather, there's also like the creature necessities mm-hmm. of like fresh water and food. And then there's also the enormity of the ocean. It's very big. It's so vast. There is so very much open water that is so very deep, and you might not be found if you survive the initial tragedy. Ew. There's a Quartz article I read that said, quote, Even today, when you can trace your lost keys to a specific city block, a ship can easily become a restless spirit if its beacon goes out. Even satellite images are not that useful in the hunt for a lost boat. As the BBC's Richard Fisher writes, quote, unless you know where to look, the resolution of the cameras over the ocean is too low to see a ship.
1: Jeez. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh my God. So many
0: types of danger here. So scary. So you're a sailor, you hear a crew, well, you're not. They don't let women do it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm not allowed. You hear a crewmate whistling, and then later, a storm nearly causes the ship to capsize. Well, your crewmate's whistling was a challenge to the wind. It had to come calling to put them in their place. No more whistling. No more whistling. We're all safe as long as no one whistles. It explains what happened, order, and gives you a sense of power to avoid in the future. Mm-hmm. Agency. Agency. Some of the omens that are attached to, like, superstition and lore are rooted in science that was perhaps not understood at, like, the academic level or whatever, but was knowledge born of experience. So red sky at morning, sailors take warning. Red sky at night, sailors delight. Uh, There's actually some science involved in why a red sky in the morning could mean you're heading into a storm. I think that depends on, like, what latitude you're at. I would assume, yeah, it would... Location would play a yeah. part in that, but still, but it is still actually like, interesting a thing, and yeah. used. Yeah, it's not just like the sunrise looked bad. Oh jeez, <laughs> like, <laughs> like you didn't even try, sun. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like that. It's actually like atmospheric shit. But, um, but but so you have things like that that are like actually rooted in like a grounded knowledge. But then there are bananas being bad luck. Uh, <laughs> not my bananas. <laughs> not the bananas. Some of the articles that I read say, yeah, no one knows why bananas are evil. <laughs> Uh, but then some say that ships carrying bananas had to move at a fast clip to make sure they weren't spoiled by the time they unloaded their cargo. So potentially they ran into more... Moving that quickly, but they're more likely to make mistakes,
1: wreck, sink, etc. That's really interesting. And yeah. so then people were like, it's the bananas. It's the bananas. <laughs> Regardless, don't take bananas on a ship. Don't take bananas on yeah. a ship. This would suck for me. Yeah, I, I know. Eat a
0: banana like i I put my bananas on the top of the fridge and I was like,
1: oh no. mm mm-mm. mm-mm. No. mm-mm.
0: So we could go on for a good long time yeah. about sailor superstitions because there are a shit ton, but I'm more interested in the reason why the lore is so enduring. So for one thing, being on a ship at sea is a very insular experience. Mm-hmm. Group norms are established very quickly and are very strong because yeah. there's no outgroup on a boat. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and you're there for a period of time. So those norms are established quickly and they become very strong, very fast. And there's also what I mentioned earlier, you're facing possible death every time you leave port if you can avoid bringing flowers redheads or bananas on board why wouldn't you just be careful yeah they don't like i can't go i'm
1: sorry i was just about to tell you that like even though i'm scared of the ocean my dream has always been to like work on a ship in some way so you're telling me if i went to like any kind of dock they'd be like get out
0: (laughs) there's i was one of the articles i read says that like if they saw a redhead before port that tried to talk to them they had to speak to the redhead first otherwise the ship would definitely crash oh my
1: god (laughs) I could just walk by a bunch of ports right now and be like hey fella and they'd be like get the fuck out of here oh they'd be pissed I like knowing that I could ruin a sailor's day just by existing. <laughs> That's really flattering and yeah. nice. Give them flowers. They'd be pissed. Can flowers you imagine if I luck? just, and I whistled my horrible whistle. They'd be like, you, you need to go. You're a walking omen.
0: <laughs> walking omen. Indeed. I have.
1: I'm. I love this for me.
0: Yeah. I love the power that you're just Yeah. Like I feel like my head's getting
1: big with all the power. Yeah. Yes.
0: So like if you can avoid like the simple matter of not hiring redheads and not bringing flowers aboard and just shunning bananas, why wouldn't you just be careful? Right. And then your, voil- your voyage, <laughs> and then your voyage goes well. So later you're like, okay, well we did the things. So lather, rinse, repeat. Confirmation bias is powerful. Yeah. So, that's how they can become entrenched, or at least one of the ways to become entrenched. Interesting. So, what's another part of sailor lore? We're moving past bananas now, I'm sorry. Okay, it's okay. We're on to ghost ships!
1: <laughs> yeah! Yes!
0: The classic ghost ship is the Flying Dutchman. Yes! The stories have been around since the 1600s. Yes! The shit goes back. <laughs> so, because it's so fucking old, there are many origin stories for
1: the ship. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah.
0: The most popular version, in terms of like what I found, was in a Wagner opera. So, mm-hmm. in this version, the Flying Dutchman was the captain captain of a ship that was rounding the Cape of Good Hope in a real bad storm. Mm -hmm. So determined he said that he would get them safely around the Cape if he had to sail until judgment day. And the devil was like, Bet (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sounds good, let's do it. So the flying (laughs) Dutchman was doomed to sail eternally, never allowed to port. Interesting. Yeah. There are of course variations with like stepping on land every seven years, finding mm. their one true love,
1: regardless of the order. Oh, right? yeah. okay, yeah, I've heard some of the like other versions. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, there are some where it's like they were gambling with the devil on board, and that's why they can never pour, or like they're Just... doomed to forever sail stormy seas. Like there are a lot of variations. Wow, I mean, like yeah.
1: only it's the 1600s; they've had time to be like. Actually, I time. think. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So regardless of the origin story for the boat and its crew, seeing it is
0: not a good sign. Yeah. You do not want to see a ghost ship. It is a portent of impending doom. Portent. I was like, I can put the emphasis on the correct syllable. I can. Uh, So there is like a kernel of logic at the core of like seeing a ghost ship or Mm -hmm. like a mystery ship at all. Not great. So unhelmed boats are a danger to everyone around them. (sighs) They're just out there going wherever they want without paying attention to say other ships. (laughs) So it's dangerous to see a boat that does not have anyone controlling it. So sometimes you see oh, the Flying God. Dutchman in the storm. It's there when minute, gone the next. Sometimes on the horizon. It varies. Regardless, you don't want to see it. Oh, man. Yeah. There's just so,
1: something so spooky about ships. I, I like anything about ships. Uh, it scares me shitless. And I love it. In a them. good way. You know what I, I mean? I love it. I got to tour a... This is not a ship necessarily. and yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But I got to tour a submarine. So I'm like, I don't know what you classify that. Is it just a submarine Uh. or is it like, that's a ship? I don't fucking know. But I got to tour a submarine from like World War II some other bullshit. I don't know. Fuck, it creeped me the crap out. But it was also so interesting. Mm. I loved every second of it. But I can only imagine just, that's so spooky. Anything with water, I think, adds that being trapped. Yeah. And there's like, one of the things that I just like... I
0: was so excited that the patrons chose this movie Yes, because I love things that are just like so that are just ingrained in like sailor culture Mm -hmm. because it is something so unknown to me, but still Mm -hmm. like weirdly nostalgic. Yeah. So there's like this romanticism attached to the rugged sailing where it's like it's not a sexy thing to be battered by the wind and like potentially die and like all these things. Like it's not like a sexy job in that it is enticing and safe right uh but there's something so romantic about like
1: there's some sort (sighs) of like there's like this romantic idea of camaraderie Mm. inside like jokes knowledge everything that like you can only share with that it's a very like i feel like every movie that has to do with ships you either get the premise of like I'm a, I'm a solo sailor and, like, I can't be, like, stopped. Or you get that immediate, like, we're a family yeah. and it doesn't matter how different we are. We're on the ship. We are together. And I'm like, I want that. Like, yeah. I love found family and yeah. I love boats. So here's the problem. It creeps me the crap out. Yeah, but I want it. <laughs> and, like,
0: I love when there is such, like, a niche knowledge base. Yes. Where, like, they have their own language. They have their own understanding of things. Like... The way that they approach the world is just different because they have like this life on a ship with other people that understand that and no one else understands that. And so to me, it's just like, it it feels like being invited in Yes, and it's really cool. And like, so anytime something happens on a ship in a movie, I'm like, okay, I'm here. Let's go. I'm like, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, I'm on
1: board. Yeah. (laughs) I gotta get one. I gotta try.
0: (laughs) Uh, Roger Ebert actually said something. He was like, Yeah, it has like all the basic tropes. They're not done very well, but it's on a boat. So.
1: But it's on a boat. But it's on a boat. And that is fun. Yeah. And you can sell me on that. <laughs> like- there are very few movies on boats that I will be like, I don't like it. I think the only one that I've ever really watched and been like, this is boring as hell is like a new movie that came out that was called like The Mary or something. It's relatively. Was it about The Mary Celeste? I don't think so. Okay. Guess what we're going to talk about next. Oh, I'm excited. Mm. But no, this was like not about any kind of ship that already Mm. existed. This was just its own like, I'll look it up and see if I can like post on our website or something. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe we'll cover it. Because it is. It has all those things that you want from a boat movie, but it just didn't feel the same. Oh. I think because it was like a family who didn't really know boating. Oh. So you don't get that nostalgic feeling. You kind of get like, you're lost. Like I would be on a boat. I don't want to see this. Yeah, I like- know. I like, I crave that like group of
0: sailors that are a family and yes. then there's an interloper that doesn't know shit about sailing
1: and they're all like, oh, the landlubber. Like I love I that. love that. Whereas this felt like, Everybody there kind of didn't know exactly what they were doing, yeah. and then there was also a ghost. So it's kind of like, okay, I'm already no, like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting. It, it's weird. Yes, boat movies, they'll usually get me.
0: Yeah, hook line and sinker. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> he got her own. <laughs>
1: Woo! Proud of you.
0: <laughs> so the Flying Dutchman is far from yes. the only ghost ship. Uh, that's the ship of legend, but we also have modern mysteries of yeah. ghost ships. So let's talk about one that is name dropped specifically in this film, The Mary Celeste. This is so interesting. Okay. So in December of 1982, oh. the Canadian brigantine named De Gratia, 1892. Ooh. 1892. I said 1982 because I'm number dyslexic.
1: Did you hear my, wow, that's not that long ago? Yep. And I, then was I was like, like cool. oh, I
0: said something wrong. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Now I'm gasping for a different reason of, wow, that was a long time ago. 1872. Oh, oh shit.
0: 187 <sighs> Jesus fucking Christ. I We're can't. leaving it in. I love this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just... Numbers are so hard. And no matter what you say, I'm impressed.
0: I can't read yours. I, I can't either. read anything more than two digits. Mm-hmm. I start to say it and I have to pause. I I have an advanced degree and I can't say... Anything above a thousand without
1: really thinking about <laughs> I'm it. Sometimes I'm like, I don't think I can read. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, in December of 1872,
0: 1872, first
1: try, baby. Yeah.
0: Got the year, right? I'm good at this. The Canadian brigantine named the De Gratia came upon the Mary Celeste, mm-hmm. a ship that should have already been in port days oh, previously. I think
1: I might know this story.
0: Oh. I'm excited. <laughs> they knew something was amiss, so they boarded the vessel and mm-hmm. looked for clues. They were hoping for humans, but instead they found a ship mostly in order with zero humans, alive or otherwise. What the fuck? The crew's possessions were still packed. Mm -hmm. The only lifeboat was gone. One of the water pumps, one of two, had been disassembled. And the Mary Celeste had been transporting over 1,700 barrels of industrial alcohol, which were still there. Yeah.
1: I do know the story. Almost
0: all of them were still full. And it's
1: wild.
0: Uh Uh-huh. There was even still six months worth of rations, food, and water left. So there was also about three and a half feet of water in the ship. I Even see. a well-constructed ship will still leak. And right. there wasn't, like, extensive damage to make it unsailable. So yeah. it wasn't like, oh, well, it was sinking, so they abandoned ship. It was like, yeah, there's water in it, but that's, like, a reasonable it amount
1: for... It was almost like it had been sailing like it did normal, but there was no one there, there was to no get there. rid of the water.
0: Yep. Oh, that's fucking so, creepy! Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, it was still in sailing condition. The crew of the DeGratia did sail it back to port. So there were no signs of violence or bloodshed, no signs of theft, no signs of anything, really. And in the end, they were light on evidence, and the world came through with theories. Maybe the fumes of the alcohol filled the hold, and the captain thought it would explode, so they abandoned ship. Maybe, oh no. But the crew of the De Gratia didn't smell anything funky, and like the whole door hadn't like exploded outwards. So they were like, okay, well that seems unlikely that they panicked because they smelled something right uh, so pirates were quickly ruled out because the cargo was still there and there was right. no you sign taken of violence
1: something like yeah.
0: there was 1700 barrels of industrial alcohol well and all of their stuff was still and there all their stuff. if you yeah. it was pirates they'd take their stuff you would they'd think. take their right? shit yeah and the food and the water like that's valuable <clears throat> yeah so mutiny was unlikely considering the lack of blood and mess and of course, there were sea monster theories, as well as like mad captain conjecturing right? But absent evidence of a kraken or any sign of instability in the captain previously. Those theories haven't gained much traction.
1: I need to know.
0: So what happened? What
1: happened? Where did the crew
0: go? So in 2002, Anne McGregor, a historian, was like, I'm going to crack this wide open. <laughs> Please. Well, so she went through the theories, the transcripts of the logs, weather data, interviews with descendants of the crew, all of it. And what she thinks is the likeliest scenario, Mm -hmm. is as follows. The captain realized a few days before the last log entry that he was not where he was supposed to be because he thought he was supposed to see land and he hadn't seen it yet. And he was like, I was supposed to see land three days ago. So McGregor and the team think he was actually about 120 miles west of where he wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And a few days before the last entry, the ship changed course to go north around Santa Maria Island. And that wasn't a planned maneuver. So, according to the log, the night before the last entry, there was a storm and high winds. But again, this captain was super experienced. He was known to be, like, level-headed. So, yeah, his ship had some water in it, and there was a storm, and he was a little bit lost, but that wasn't enough for him to be like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Right. He was an experienced captain, responsible for crew and cargo. Then McGregor looked at the history of the Mary Celeste. It had previously carried coal, And had gone through extensive refittings recently. Mm -hmm. Both of these things introduce fine dust that can clog machinery, like water pumps.
1: Ah. The Mary Celeste
0: had two water pumps. And when the De Gratia crew boarded the Mary Celeste, they found one of them disassembled. So it wasn't like they were shit out of luck immediately. But if they do have three and a half feet of water and one of their pumps is down, it's not looking great. So the ship was packed with cargo. The captain couldn't eyeball the amount of water or the rate it was accruing because of the sheer number of fucking barrels. God, yeah. And one of the pumps was out of commission. So he also wasn't where he thought he was, and there had been a storm the night before. So at this point, Ann McGregor thinks that he was within sight of land and basically decided they should cut their losses instead of risk sailing in a vessel that may be taking on water at a rate that was untenable. It's not a very sexy theory where they like slowly realize... Maybe we used to leave. And then right. like, calmly took the boat. See ya. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's the most recent one yeah. as of the last decade. Right. Decade and a half. But it's, uh, it has the most evidence behind it. Yeah. So McGregor said she's still digging. But her conclusion has been mostly accepted by folks. Like some folks have said that like the fumes from the industrial alcohol could have had like uh, flashbang effect. That's
1: the theory that I knew of. Yeah, that's the most recent one I had known before I mm-hmm. read this. And I was like, oh. Because, okay. like, I mean, I could understand that, especially yeah. with, like, I don't know, Cole, like, yeah. being before that. It did seem like something that, I don't know. I was like, sounds good to me. I don't know, boats. Yeah. But this one does sound accurate. I mean, it's an experienced captain. Why wouldn't he be like, this looks bad? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, oh, I
0: don't God. Think these are good friends. So, Even though we have maybe an answer Mm -hmm. now, uh, we didn't get any semblance of an answer for over a century. Well, like, what
1: confuses me about this theory, though, is that they left, right? Like, they had, I'm assuming, some sort of, like, lifeboat or some kind Mm -hmm. of ship that they could use to leave. They took the only lifeboat that was gone when they got there. So they either died at sea, or if they made it somewhere, how come they were never heard from again?
0: They said, we like island life. We're on island time now, baby. I mean, honestly,
1: fair. (laughs) Uh,
0: I think one of the theories that I heard a while back was like the flashbang theory. Mm -hmm. And that they got on a lifeboat that they thought was properly tethered to the boat. So they could be a safe distance for a period of time and then reel themselves back in because they weren't inside of land. Right. But the boat wasn't properly tethered. So they lost the boat. Okay. And they were on a rowboat in the middle of the ocean.
1: My, I mean, yeah, land. if they got yeah. on a lifeboat and they're never seen again, my theory is, yeah, we're on island time. Or, I mean, they didn't make it. Yeah. Like, they yeah. didn't take anything with them. So, yeah. Oy vey.
0: So, <laughs> it went over a century without oh having, God. like, any type of satisfactory answer. And we're both not satisfied with the current one anyway. So, no.
1: like,
0: uh, that's plenty of time to get, like, woven into the fabric of nautical lore that's yeah. already rich enough with ghost ships. Yeah uh that's so cool and it's enough of a mystery that like non-seafaring folks know the story like i've literally never stepped foot on a boat on the water like i've been on boats in fields really my grandpa built boats
1: yeah and
0: so like we he would have them in the field outside the house and like we would sit on them and like read books and stuff and i was like i'm on the ocean i was in the middle of ohio (laughs) 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 close enough (laughs) enough. uh but no I've, i've never been sailing yeah um but I know the story of the Mary Celeste because right. I'm obsessed with unsolved <laughs> mysteries. So it's like, I know this. Yeah. Of course I know this. Like, yeah. So if we're taking it back, the ocean is already scary. Sailors have an like extensive lore around ghost vessels and mysterious ships. And then we plop the Mary Celeste into it. Yeah. And that ship becomes the backbone of so many filmic ghost ships. So whether it's a movie that's teasing the memory but carefully not saying the name or a movie that's like, what if this is the true story of the yeah. Mary Celeste? Or a film like Ghost Ship, where it's name-dropped but not replicated. Yeah. It's peppering in an unsolved mystery. It's like we know. Yeah. Like. You know what you like, you little fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and I eat it up. <laughs> I eat it up, yep. <laughs> so it's peppering in an unsolved mystery and invoking a major superstition to get some good, good foreshadowing yeah. going. I and this does that. several things. It ties the cinematic universe to ours through a shared mystery, and mm-hmm. it gives rise to this prickling uneasiness. In this particular case, I think it's more effective if you're not actually obsessively up to date with the Mary Celeste theories. Yeah. Because you might be irritated by the artistic license they take with history. They're like, it went around the rock of Gibraltar unmanned. I was like, it did not. It did not. It
1: did not. <laughs> so regardless. <laughs> but you know what? You know, Let what? them have it. Let them have
0: it. Uh, regardless, by pulling on the threads of superstition and lore, most of us only have a passing understanding of, while at the same time connecting it to actual real-world events, it makes us think there are so many mysteries on the ocean. Maybe it's better if we don't try to solve them.
1: Oh, so cool! That's corner Oh, it's so that's good. I <laughs> mean, boats are scary. Boats that's are what scary. I'm taking from it. <laughs> <laughs> they are so scary, and I love them. Yeah. It like doesn't matter how much they scare me. This Obsessed. is the same way I feel about whales. Whales terrify the shit out of me, but th- I can't stop and they're I can't so... stop looking at photos of them. Yeah. Because they scare me, but they're so interesting. Yeah. That's kind of how
0: I feel about mushrooms.
1: They freak me out. <laughs> they do freak
0: you out. Yeah. <laughs> it's the gills. Yeah, it's, the gills. That's weird. what really upsets me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got. <laughs> You're upset. I got a delivery. I, this is a story for the listeners. Uh, Nikki knows yeah. They were there. I ate them. Uh, <laughs> My grocery delivery had, f- like, five portobello mushrooms in it. Mm-hmm. Like, huge mushroom caps. And I looked at them and I said, no, thank you.
1: <laughs> I just texted Nick he was like, do you want mushrooms? They were delicious. I made fake bacon. Mm. Delicious. Every time I have gotten mushrooms
0: for a recipe, I get, like, button mushrooms. Like, tahini. Yeah. And then I carefully don't really... cut all of the gills out and the stem. And so I end up with... Maybe a fifth of the mushrooms that
1: I was given. I will say when you cook them, you can't tell at all that they had gills at any point in time. At all. Literally nothing. Unless you cook them weird, but... It's deeply upsetting to me. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm glad we both have our fears. You with mushroom gills and me with whales. (laughs) Yeah. Both Both have gills. Both have gills! I don't know if whales have gills. I actually don't know if they do either. Aren't they mammals? Hold on. No, whales don't have gills. They have blowholes. That was it. I was like, I know they have yeah. blowholes, so I was like, I doubt they have gills, but yeah. I don't know.
0: Whales are weird. No, I was like, they dive. They don't actually they, filter yeah, air. They don't actually. Gilli. Yeah. Okay. 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 I had the right thought in my heart, but I it wasn't was sure.
1: I couldn't <laughs> tell either. Yeah. All right. We've talked about ships. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about one specific ghost ship. Yes, let this one. Um, <laughs> one more for the road. Arctic Warrior. Arctic Warrior. <laughs> we'll get through it. Um. <laughs> Again, I took, like, many notes, but I'm probably just going to look through them and be like, here's how I felt about the movie. Because, listen, we're already going long on this episode, so I'm going to keep it nice and short and sweet and say, say my qualms. Yeah. And then say why I don't care. I don't care about my qualms. (laughs) Oh, boy. Let's get to my notes. They're a mess. (laughs) I'm so excited. Okay. What I do love that they do in the very beginning of the credits... I think the credits are super cool. So, the credits are done in like this old timey, sort of s- like very, very early 60s, like, ooh, so like dreamy. Mm-hmm. I almost thought that I clicked on the wrong movie. Yeah. I bought the movie, paid for this. My last note in this is I paid human money for this. <laughs> Cause I was like, what? <laughs> Um, But, like, I bought this movie, and I was like, okay, cool. And I'm starting to watch it, and it has very old-timey credits that seem dreamy, almost like an old, cute movie. And Mm -hmm. I was like, shit, did I order the wrong movie? Are there two movies? Like, what is this? So it starts to go. Then I see the the ship, because, like I said, I've seen this. And then I see the deck, or, like, the ballroom, and I went, oh, I've got the right movie. (laughs) They start strong. And, oh, boy... So here's what I said about the credits. Though. I said they don't fit the movie, but instead the time period and the feeling of the original ship. Yes. Which is amazing because they need to establish the Antonio is, Yeah, they need to, mm-hmm, they need to establish like this is what it was like before mm-hmm. and look how happy these people were. That way when they cut every single person in half with a wire, you feel bad, extra bad. Uh-huh. So I said it makes you unsure if you're watching the right film. If you're me, but also in a way that makes you taken aback when you do see the violence that happens because you're like, ew, we were just yeah. so happy. What just happened? So all the shit that I give this movie, I will say strong opening.
0: Yeah. Strong. Everyone,
1: we, we I posted on the Instagram, people like the opening scene. And the I was like, scene. yeah. It, if you don't like gore, that's one thing I will say. Like, yeah, maybe you won't like this, but even if you don't like gore, you have to appreciate that they set the tone and they knew what they were doing. Yeah, they did. They were like, here's such a nice dreamy thing and then they were like it was disgusting they lull you into a false sense of security mm-hmm. so well that i was like ew yeah. i've seen this yeah. i've seen this and i still was like i hate this but in a good way you know what i mean yeah. like i was like ew mm-hmm. um also i love the costumes i specifically for the time period mm. it's hard to be in love with costumes for like this isn't modern, obviously, because it is 2000s, but, I mean, the 2000s are back, so this mm-hmm. is modern oh, for all intents and purposes. Um, you know, it's hard to get excited about costumes that aren't necessarily time period, or you don't have to put, like, a ton of thought in, mm-hmm. but I did love the time period costumes. Yeah. And I did actually like the costumes for the crew of the Octic Warrior, because, Act-a-war-y-a. I don't know, there was some thought put into
0: yeah. being, like, like... Munder's made sense because he was... Un- or Munder, sorry. Yeah. Unkempt dirty. And then right. like Santos was just there talking to his car. Like
1: everyone's, everyone's outfits made sense. Made for them. sense. And like I do love that. Um, oh gosh, I wrote her name down. But do you remember her last Epps. name? Epps. Epps is never very is never like sexualized. And I will say that's great. Yep. She's in like a tank top, but much like we talked about in, what was it? The the one in the police let station. Pray. Let like let us pray. She's got a she's got a tank top, but it's not in a sexy way. Yeah. It's like a. I'm on a boat. What do you think I'm going to wear? Like yeah. it, it's, you know, it yeah. gets hot. They're going to be in situations where she's going to be in like, you know, close machinery and it's going to be very warm. Everything made sense. I thought yeah. that was great. I will say that they did dress the captain exactly like the guy from Jurassic park. And I have photo evidence and we <laughs> will post it. That. I lost my shit. I watched this after Kate and I sent her a picture and I went, Oh, so I think I know who the director, I think I know his favorite movie and it's literally the captain is dressed in a like denim, like a nice loose denim shirt and a red ascot. And I was like, okay, I don't, I can't say that it's on purpose because I don't know. But if it was incredible, incredible. And if it wasn't even better, so good. Ugh! Cause they could have gone like with a green ascot or like a gray <gasps> anything. They also didn't have to put an ascot, but they were like, "Here's an ascot." He his was the only costume that I did find a little strange because at one point he's wearing like kind of an old older looking like not pea coat but that similar like big wool kind of coat yeah. almost, and I was like, he looks a little out of date compared to the other people. Yeah, and I you could argue that it's because he is older, but he's not that much older. Like <laughs> he looked a little. Old timey sea captain yeah. instead of rugged modern day captain yeah. of a ship that is run by like thirty year olds. Yeah, so it was a little eh, whatever, but <laughs> I still will forgive it because it's not the biggest sin. Oh no, <laughs> we'll get to it. I do like that when the singer of the old ship, like uh, back in the sixties, Francesca. Francesca, when Francesca is singing just a beautiful shot of some mermaid boobs behind her on the wall. And I was like, I can always clock a boob. I can't clock a dick, but I'll clock a boob. Always. Always. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Um, (laughs) The only thing that I got mad about with the wire is I was like, nobody was sitting. Nobody. Nobody was sitting down. Who could sit with that music, Nikki? Nikki i mean fair but you're telling me that there wasn't one person who was like gotta tie my loafer like there wasn't one person whose little dress shoe came undone or was doing a little dip like nikki it was when shout came on at the wedding reception you're right everyone was up and out of their seats (laughs) you're telling me there wasn't one person who was a little short who was just like oh barely missed that got like a haircut I wanted When they more say survivors. they're 5'5, five, five,
0: but they're really 5'4, and now they're like, I'm really grateful that I'm only 5'4, but I'll never tell anyone.
1: I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> I wouldn't know. From experience, as a 5'5 person, uh-huh. I wouldn't know what it's like okay, to be 5'4, yeah. and I would have been a goner uh-huh. in this situation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Dead. It would have hit my hips. <laughs> would have hit me? So low. Maybe the knees. Who knows? Honestly? <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky I wasn't there. That's what I'm saying. So jot that down. Um, that was my only thing as I was like, come on. But yeah. also I get it. You can't. And I mean, it does. Once you learn the ending, it makes sense because like there were no survivors for a reason. Everybody was killed. So yeah. Even if you did survive this horrible accident, obviously people were poisoned. People yeah. were this. I get it now. Yeah. But at first I was like, come on. But I get it. I did like the death. Um, it's so slow, and in the music, it's the music, pause. Mm, oh it's the music stopping and everything stopping, and all you hear is like, uh, like, yeah, the, oh, it's disgusting. The, the moment that just really shook me to my core is mm-hmm. when people
0: like don't realize, mm-hmm. and then they're confused. That
1: was disgusting. And then They
0: just slide off their body. Oh, <sighs> uh, I like that moment of shock where it's like maybe it was just a weird noise, yeah, and then oh, that
1: terrified me i won't say it's my scariest moment (sighs) but i will say that it is (laughs) fucked up it's up there to watch people like realize and to slowly fall off and there's a part where a woman reaches for her own legs and she's trying to like pull them as if that's gonna help but like in that situation what else do you do fucked up yeah so what i'm saying is quite the opener guys (laughs) if you haven't seen the movie yet watch it (laughs) also spoilers ahead I just in case. I always want to say it just in case yeah. someone's like, "Oh, it can't be that big. It has a twist technically." Yeah. And I don't want to ruin that for people just in case. Yeah. Um interesting slow death. Um I didn't understand necessarily how the little girl survived, but I guess it made sense like she was short, but it was cutting people at hips.
0: He the but it captain like, doctor.
1: Right. So I was like, "I get it and that's why I got his head." Yeah. So it made sense. Um what an opening. I said this hot woman can fix everything this is when ebbs came on i love Eps. i love Eps. it starts off with like like we just talked about it gives you that feeling of nostalgia mm-hmm. that you don't actually have yeah. but that you want to be part of right away Because they're all fixing the ship, and like she's diving down, and you've got this captain being like, "Stop it! Don't! Oh my gosh!" And she's like, "I'm gonna unhook myself and go roll. And the other boys are like, "We got you!" And they go, they follow her down. It's this camaraderie that you're like incredible, yeah. And you're also—it's this dangerous situation. It's anything can happen. They did a good job. I say, I say, they did a good job establishing the movie, establishing what it was like on the old ship, establishing what it's like currently right now the dangers but also the like unheard of mysteries that could happen cuz we don't know why that happened originally all we know is that we've got a ship with a dead entire dead like yeah. crew like that's terrifying super neat <laughs> um and then so we can just discuss it after this i just want to say my little qualms of course is it the water yes yep it is the water the water and the sound cuz at first This is going to be stupid, but let me look specifically. Because at first I had good notes where I was like, I like this. And then it kept going and I was pissed. Um, They had one too many bubble transitions for my my heart. One too many. Like, okay, here's what I wrote. So at first I started off excited about it. I said, the water lighting is fun. And the constant dripping sounds are nice. It seems like the prop department, sound design, and the lighting all work together to make like a very cohesive set. Mm -hmm. And I still believe that. For a lot of it. I think that the sound design is amazing. I think that like, yeah, things would drip. Things would sound squelchy when you walk and like, that's really cool. And in the lighting, it would be kind of dreary and dark and you would maybe, maybe sometimes get that lighting effect that Mm -hmm. happens on the walls. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. It looked like they were in an aquarium. (laughs) It looked like they were in Aquarium. And I also did love... I will say, like, we talked about this with a lot of movies so far now, but I I think the props department and, like, the set design and the scenic design is incredible Mm -hmm. because it did feel exactly like it was supposed to. It felt like a ship that was lost in time. Like, when you're in the little girl's room, at first you're like, this feels weird and stale. And I'm like, well, think about it. Like, this is exactly what would happen to things that have completely been untouched for 40 years. They look... They almost looked like when you're watching, like, a stage production and things look so purposefully placed and you're like oh i'm gonna put a shirt here and make it a skew just so you know someone lives here yeah but of course it would feel like that if it had been sitting in that spot 40 years it looks so untouched because it is so i actually thought that was great when you first walk in you're like it's kind of cheesy but then you're like oh yeah like this is how it was for her in that time and now it's frozen like that super awesome but the lighting In every single room, in every single scene, you have the lighting effects that you get. And I'm like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't. <laughs> Kate, I already did this. I already got angry about it and I have the same amount of rage. Yep, 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 yep. It wouldn't do that in every room. There are so many rooms that are within other rooms. In their interior, they have no windows. But they wouldn't have windows. And even if they did, they would be windows into other rooms or windows into the sky. You, you can't. You can't. <laughs> <Like he's hyperventilating. laughs> you can't you can't be like it looks great and that's awesome and i get it when you see it you're like underwater but we're not underwater if we were on a ship that was underwater i'd be like neat yep. but we're not <laughs> so for the first few scenes it was like this is great And then we got further in and I'm like, you're going to tell me that the puddle right there on the, on the ground with no windows is causing that effect. You're going to look me in the eyes? Save that effect for a flooded room. That's what it made sense for a flooded room. And like, there are flooded rooms. The engine room is flooded. It would have, I think worked well as long as there was a light source that created it. I'm not saying that it's completely unheard of because I, I can't say that. I don't know. I've never been on a ship that's been abandoned for 40 years. Maybe. You haven't? Okay. Oh, have you? (laughs) I've never said (laughs) boat. Sorry. But. (laughs) I've never been on a boat, but it sounds like it would. But that's how I feel. Yes, And like my experience only comes from being like in art classes where it was like know your light source and know what's caused because of the light source. And it just felt like they were putting this effect on walls that it could not have physically been on. So my brain was just melting. I was like, where is it coming from? That's fucking fair. Where? Part of me wants to watch this movie and circle every single light source in every single scene and circle every piece of, like, water and just go, where? Where? <laughs> where? <laughs> this is, like, my conjuring where I said I was going to remake the movie from except the in this I'm going to make a PowerPoint. It's like, <laughs> you know that picture of Charlie from It's Always Sunny where he's, like, staring at... The- That's me circling every light source and yeah. being like, show me. yeah, Show me where it would have happened. <sighs> All right, I feel calm now.
0: Do you want to hear a like heartwarming <laughs> thing? Yes. So when you pointed out in American Werewolf in London that there's always a red and a green mm-hmm. in every shot, Bleep and I then rewatched it. And uh, in every scene, we clocked it. We were like, oh, Nikki said that.
1: Oh, yep, there it is. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. I hope that I'm not wrong. No. I just get excited about lighting. So I'm always like, I should keep an eye. And this one is cool. Like, I think that you have really nice natural lighting in the top side. Uh, like when you're not in the ship. Yeah. It's cool. It's natural lighting. It's sunny. Yeah. You know, it's almost eerie because it is so sunny and to think something yeah. so terrifying could happen. It's like the middle of the day for yeah. a lot of it. daytime harbor. And I love that because it doesn't feel like daytime yeah. but it's because you are in... It's almost like they were swallowed by the ship and they were yeah. going deeper and deeper and deeper and it would be dark. Yeah. And that makes sense. But again you'd the have lighting. to have like it
0: would have to be artificial light source and from like a flashlight it would be very limited if that did
1: happen yes it would be really limited yeah. but i understand also that like you have to create an atmosphere yeah. where people can see and like obviously everyone we... should
0: watch the descent every filmmaker
1: <sighs> the, the descent did come out after this but every filmmaker should watch the descent to understand lighting we i have yet to see a movie that has done a movie like Done a movie. Hmm. I have yet to see a film that has been so dark but so visible to the audience mm-hmm. by pure like, like this is what we're showing you. Yeah, because we have the light source. Yeah. Every light source is justified. It's so justified. Whereas in this, it's not justified. But you also can't fault people for for doing it because yeah. we need to be able to see the horror. Yeah, I get it. That's fair. You know what I mean. So I'm like, their focus wasn't on justifying light sources as much as it was like. We know this isn't realism. We're well aware. It's a ghost ship. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So this is my rant, but this is my explanation of why I don't give a shit. I know. They know and I know that they're not going to justify anything for me. And I'm like, that's fine. Every plot hole, I was like, well, I'm just going to jump right over that. I don't give a shit. (laughs) Let's get there together. (laughs) Yes. So that's my rant. (laughs) I loved it. And I want to hear what you think now. So that way, I'm sure I'll have other things pop up. But I just wanted to get those basic notes out of the way. I had to pop my back to get ready for this because I had so excited. I know. When you were like, I loved (laughs) it. I was like, we're going to have two very different experiences. Yep. (laughs) But in a way that will
0: meet the same ending. Okay. (laughs) So I knew from the beginning, something's up with Fairman. Because he was too innocent. And I was like, something's up here. Right. And then, I was like, she's not doing anything. Okay. And then... From there, he kept doing this thing, like, he was too concerned. Mm -hmm. He was too stressed. And he kept, like, rolling his
1: shoulder. And I was like, what's that about? They never actually explained that. He's just suspicious. Yeah, it just seemed like, I think the shoulder thing was just, like, he's tense because he knows that, like, this has to go well. (sighs) But at the same time, like, he has so much power that
0: I don't think he's actually nervous about anything. Like, that is his persona of Ferryman. That's, like, not actually, like, him. And so once uh, the twist dropped... Yeah. <laughs> like, I knew something was up. I knew he was bad. And right. then as soon as you have the picture of the survivor of the... the fuck. I don't remember the boat. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. I, I had them but in my notes. notes. Right. There was a... This is spoiler territory, by the way. Just so everyone um, knows. So there was the ghost captain that is speaking to Murphy... And Murphy was a recovering alcoholic, we were led to believe. And then Santos died, and the dead captain's an enabler, and so, like, he drank a lot. (laughs) Very much, like, a
1: nod to The Shining and, like, ah, okay. Yeah. Loved that.
0: Yeah. Uh, And so, like, he's drinking with the dead captain, and the dead captain is the one that, like, wait... The dead captain, I believe, is the
1: one who He gives the... the...
0: No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, is he the one that gives him, like, there was one survivor? Yes. Okay. Because it's like, how the fuck would he know? And then it's like, oh, I remember now this. Yeah, he gives him pretty good information. Because they, like, they were on, like, a pleasure cruise. Mm -hmm. It was only the richest Italians. And so they had, like, cameras and stuff. And so they did rescue the crew, of or they rescued one survivor of an abandoned ship that they found. Yeah. And that survivor was mystery. It's Woo! on a photo. And the He'd guy, like, <gasps> you know, Murphy sees and he's like, shit, fuck, damn, go goes. Right. But then he is uh, bamboozled by Ferryman. But once, like, I knew he was bad. And then I saw that. And then I always watch his subtitles. And so I saw Ferryman, which is F-E-R-R-I-M-A-N. And I was like, F-E-R-Y-M-A-N. Ferryman. Yeah. Ferryman. So I was like, okay. This taps into all of my favorite things, which is, like, <laughs> names that have symbolism, names that have meaning, and Greek mythology. Yeah. And uh, in Greek mythology, Charon, or Charon, depending yeah. on, like, how you fucking pronounce it. If you do right. ancient Greek. Yeah. Or if you do the modern day, like, English person. <laughs> uh, Charon is the Ferryman of the Dead. So, depending on, like, what version he takes you over a river. Some people say it's the River Styx. Some say it's a different river. But it's from the living to the afterlife. Right. And it's preferable to be ferried by Charon because otherwise you might have to swim there. And that sucks. That sucks. (laughs) It sucks. Uh, Water's cold. uh, So being ferried is like not unique to Greek mythology, but it's like a pretty strong tether. And then there is Mm -hmm. like other mythology within. So, like, there are motifs, motifs of mythology in it. So, like, the Shanta's, um, the Francesca, the mm-hmm. singer, she is uh, a siren. Right. She lures Greer to Which his death. I love. Like, well, I don't love because it yeah. sucks. But, like, yeah. yeah. And uh, then I think there's, like, I think there actually is a painting of Charon in the captain's quarters.
1: I would not be surprised. Um, like. <laughs> and so,
0: like, I just lost my fucking shit. Like, half of my, like, general conversation notes... It's just about, Ferryman, Ferryman! <laughs> and then and I was I, like, you picked up on that, because I didn't until you said it, and then I went, Ferryman. And, and I then I lost like, my yes. fucking shit. And I was like, Fairy of the Damned, from Sea of Thieves. The oh, thieves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the title. From the title? Yeah. And uh, so I just love that. Like, I really, because he is, he is a salvager of souls. He is the Ferryman of Damned Souls. And he... Is damning them himself. Yeah. Where he's like, okay, well, I'll just nudge ya. We'll get yeah, to that I've tropes. got a quota, so,
1: like, yeah. let's do it myself kind yeah. of thing.
0: So, that was, like, something that I really loved. Like, I I loved this movie. Like, unabashedly loved this movie. Yeah. Because it's just fucking wild. But then once it starts getting into the lore of it, I mm-hmm. just keep thinking about it. And, like, it taps into lore that I'm already a fan of. Right. Because I grew up obsessed with Greek mythology. <laughs> So that was it. Just like I don't want to say this, but like it tickled everything. Yeah, that I like in a horror yeah. film. Tickled is the probably wrong word, but
1: here we are. It got its hands in there, massaged it all. <laughs> Do you like that better or worse? Nope. I did not. Ah,
0: like well, that. all right, fun. <laughs> I appreciate your effort. Yeah, of course. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: That. Makes me like it even more because mm-hmm. I don't have the same knowledge that you do so I'm kind of like it's just new to me oh, but yeah. still super cool. Mm-hmm. My thought on this movie is that I love everything you've said. Mm-hmm. I love everything it did. I think that I just have <laughs> not a dislike because I don't have a dislike but I just don't appreciate horror in the early 2000s like this specifically yeah. as much as I would something like if they remade this I'd be interested to see what they would did because like There are a lot of moments where they're like, here's a really scary thing that happened. And here's some hardcore rock from the 2000s. And I'm like, I see what you're doing. The juxtaposition's neat. I get it. But also, it takes you out just a little bit. And it's still cool. Yeah. But it doesn't make me feel like horror as much as it just feels like drama or like a heist movie. Like, it was a nostalgia bomb for me. Yes. It felt very nostalgic, mm-hmm. but just not scary. Yeah. So it's like, it's hitting all these things that I still really like, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't like, I wouldn't watch this if I was like, here's a scary movie. Cause I, I have a friend who doesn't like horror movies. And this is a movie that I was like, oh, you would actually yeah. probably enjoy this yeah. one. Cause it's more just wild. And even though they don't like gore either, I'm like, you would also just appreciate how funny and wild it is. Cause yeah. it's kind of a nostalgia
0: thing. It's also like, like not very realistic gore either. So no. you're good to go.
1: <laughs> so it. It's like, I love this movie for nostalgia purposes. And I think because it is wild, but and like the, the plot itself is really interesting. I just think that some of the effects, yeah. which again, they're not bad effects. It's just that I don't find them necessary. Yeah. Like there's a part where, oh God, remind me again, the, the guy's name who is evil uh, Fairman. Fairman. So Fairman is, duh, Ferryman. So Fairman is like basically pretending to be, what's his face? Uh, um, Dodge. Dodge. And then you get this full scene of him transforming back into Ferryman. And I'm like, honestly, if he had just turned his back and then turned back again and you cut to it being Ferryman, just as effective. Yeah. And it would have been a little less like, eh, cheesy. But again, this came out in the 2000s. So back then, this was probably like, whoa. Like, let's show them what we can do. Yeah. Yeah. it's You know. And now that I know some of the facts, they were trying to put everything they had into this to be like, we're pretty proud of this. like, (laughs) And... I get it. So all the facts you've told me, super fucking cool. And I don't think that this movie has a bad plot. I just think that it made it a little confusing by just how it was shot. Mm-hmm. It felt out of order. Yeah. Does that? Because like, I have a specific moment that really weirded me out uh-huh. and took me out of it completely. And it is when they just saw who died in the fire. Remind me uh, Santos Santos so Santos has died yeah and they've just seen him die and like everyone's relatively like upset about it for a second and then they're in the kitchen eating beans and they're like hee hee, these beans are still good they turn into maggots that's scary but like they're having a good time to me that was like a
0: desperation of like we're gonna try to make the fucking best of this okay. where because right before they started shoveling beans they were like, is it poison? They did, like, rock, paper, scissors yeah. because they were afraid that, like, a bite would mean death. Yeah. But they also knew that if they didn't eat, they would die. And so, so they were just, like, high tension. Okay. And it was, like, this giddy laughter that was, like, on the verge of tears. And, and then part, they were maggot mouths. Yeah, true, maggot mouths.
1: That part I can see. And I will let that one slide, but I have another Fair enough. Okay. That made me mad. There is a scene, I believe... It is either Santos's death or I... Oh, it is right after they have found all the bodies, they open the door and bodies from an old crew have poured out. And this is Fairman and Epps. Yep. And, like, obviously Fairman doesn't really give a shit, but Epps does. And so, like, he has to pretend he gives a shit. I get that. And, like, they're frightened. They're really scared. They've just told the crew, hey, we found a bunch of bodies. And then they say, like, oh, we found something else. And then this weird smile forms on Epps' face that I don't think fits her character yeah. and felt completely almost like they had filmed this part of them telling them they found gold out of order. Yeah. Like it just felt like they were like, let's film the part where you tell them you found bodies. Now let's film the part where you say you found gold shit. Let's just combine those. Yeah. Cause it felt so out of character for her. Yeah. She was like, let's leave. We can't be here anymore. Then he goes, Hey, tell them what else we found. And she smiles like, oh, can't wait. It's, For him makes sense for her doesn't it just didn't make sense so maybe this is not an out of order thing as much as just a character thing that i was like not super consistent yeah then and this part again it could make sense but when they're showing everyone the gold and they're like look what we found and look what we could do with this fucking peremon is just like (laughs) the way he laughs laughs in the background i'm just like what the fuck dude it's eerie But it's also just weirdly out of place because he's still trying to seem normal and not like he's going to murder them. And Epps is also like looking at him and laughing like, oh, can you believe we found this? It felt like that should have come before them finding the bodies. Yeah. It felt like they shot that and they were like, look excited, look giddy. And then they were like, okay, shit, where do we put this? I guess let's put it after they just found these bodies and they're upset. Yeah. So that part just took me out of it immediately because they're giggling and they're all like oh I'm so excited and I'm like oh so much has happened that is bad (laughs) yeah you can be excited but it I was expecting like a tentative excitement of like everything is horrible but like we're gonna make it all worth it with this like everything's gonna be okay we're gonna you know avenge Santos's death but but no it was very like hee hee woo gold like yeah (laughs) So that part took me out of it. Yep. But then again, this movie is so wild that I immediately was brought back in and I was like, fuck it, it doesn't matter. Yep. And, and I guess this is actually before um Santos dies. Oh uh, I, yeah, I yeah, just it remember is Santos So dies. Santos has not died yet, but it is after they have found a bunch of bodies. Yeah. So like something horrible has still yeah. happened, but Santos has not died yet. Yeah. So my, my mistake on that. Uh, no, my only explanation
0: for that, which is not strong, is like shock.
1: That's it. And but... I'm sure that that's probably what
0: they were going for I also agree with you that the character development is not strong
1: yeah <laughs> that is not what this movie does well <laughs> no character development is very one-dimensional like it's very like they are a family and they love each other okay and then like they each have a very I don't know cliche personality of like I'm a tough girl and then like I fixed the ship you know and Greer was like I was a marine and I want to do things by yes. the book and I'm gonna get married like yes it was very much like you have one trait stick to it yeah Almost like they had them at some point. They were like, you dear speak. Yeah. You always talk about your wife. <laughs> like You are married. <laughs> so like, you know, not horrible. It's just like that one moment took me out of it so much. Because yeah. I'm like, this is so unlike Epps. You've given us so much things of her being like, I'm worried. I want the best for my crew because I love them. And all of a sudden she's like, I found gold. Yeah. And I'm like, you wouldn't care. She might care, but yeah. she would put the safety above everyone else. Like, yeah. her own safety? Maybe not. I had a moment, and I
0: don't think that this is, maybe it's what they're intending, maybe it's not, but the, like, guiding force mm-hmm. that allows Fairman to steal souls mm-hmm. is greed. Mm. Because people <clears throat> see the gold, and they want the gold. So and they're gonna so stay and gonna it, make it work. Yeah, and so it feels like a tease of, like, oh, Epps can be corrupted. And then it finds out, or it finds out, you find out that no, she will not be corrupted. She cares about her family. But
1: in this moment, in shock, she was like, hmm, gold, shiny. Yeah. That actually... I don't know. That's just me guessing. No, no, no. That actually sounds like a really good thing. And I like that. I just... I I wish I had been more tentative. I wish her, like, her... Devolving into being like I can be swayed by greed yeah. would have been a little more like stop guys. What about the bodies? And then her being like, yeah. but that is a lot of gold. Like but I want to watch like her she fight put a with thumbtack on yes. your chair. You know, <laughs> I want to watch her fight with it. But instead, she was just like, Yay, gold! And I was like, No, Epps. Like you would not do this. <laughs> yep. But I do like that theory a lot because mm-hmm. that is a hundred percent what it, it would have been. Is like you guys are thinking of leaving. I can show you something that'll get you to stay. So super cool. Yeah. Also, like rewatching it and knowing that he's evil, because this whole part where he's like, "Look at this, sh- this, sh- this car! Isn't this so cool?" Right next to the door where the gold is, and Then him being like, "There's something in there," so cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <sighs> but I get why you like. I get it. I get why this is a good movie because I still like it. I'm furious and I'm still like, "Fuck, it was fun." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I begrudgingly love this movie. Everything in my brain goes, "Don't you do it?" And I'm like. Gonna do it, <laughs> much like eating any kind of ice cream. I know I can't do it, oh, no. but I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> I feel better knowing that we have vegan ice cream in the fridge, so
0: you're not going to have full dairy ice cream this time. <laughs> Thank God! I had full dairy ice cream a few
1: weeks ago, just immediately yarped. So, like, have fun with that, everybody. <laughs> <sighs> Those are my notes. I will say, for the most part, I'm sure that I have more specific ones, but I try to write them down so that way I just kind of have like the gist of what I'm feeling. Um I did like that there was a girl with curly hair. Curly hair represent Woo! Like We've had so many movies with people with curly hair and I'm acting like, you know, whatever. It's a dying breed. Also this note that I just found it says, this little girl is just on this boat, like, yo, you mind if I like make this super haunted for (laughs) (laughs) y'all? Because like no other ghost has shown up and she was just like, mind if I haunt? I love that part. can i be the ghost from the title oh i also did write I, d- I know this man knows something i don't trust him at all about fairman but also i've seen this three times yeah. so um, of course i probably knew that <laughs> oh i also did think that the acting for fairman when he's trying to be you know not evil mm-hmm. is actually kind of great like you said it's an uncanny valley of like he thinks he's doing a good job, but it's coming off so... It's over-sincere. Over-sincere and almost almost fake, but not in a bad acting way, but in a like, ha-ha, of course. When he says something about the, the, the ship and they all laugh at him and he goes, oh, well, well I don't know. I, I just... And he is so like embarrassed, but also like, I just want to be part of the group. It's so fake and cute and like, aren't I a little stinker? Like, uh-huh. So good. like,
0: <laughs> And like when he goes out to give Epps a cigarette and yes. she mentions like seeing a ghost girl mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, when I've been flying for hours on end, sometimes I yes. see things that and are And that there. like
1: genuinely calms her because she's like, you know what? Flying this, like I, it's like this shared thing. Mm-hmm. Liar!
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. And then the anger
1: occurred. And then <laughs> let's talk about my favorite moment in this movie is when <laughs> the little girl is like, don't start the boat. Don't do it. And, and then someone did, just like, whoa, fucking tackle. Yeah. Another ghost is like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. She was like the uncovered quarterback. <laughs> I was like, listen, I understand you don't want her to talk, but she's also a little girl. No reason to tackle her. Oh. You could just like gently put your hand over her mouth and
0: that'd do it. <laughs> she's like Damn. 10. My last note was ghost tackles.
1: Oh my God. Ghost tackles. <laughs> just fucking got her. Oh, this is when I knew. I was like, we're in for it. Uh, I will stop there. Spirit tackles. Spirit tackles. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my notes. I I can't, I can't anger and rage anymore. Anchor? I can't anchor. Oh. Anchor. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fight it. Yeah. I liked the movie. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to tell Kate I like this until it's time. I'm going to make her sit in it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Fuck. <laughs> it's the time for scariest moment. <gasps> it's time for scariest moment. Oy vey. Do you know yours? No. I, I will go because I think I know mine. Okay. It's like, there are moments that I think are scarier, but this one felt psychologically scary to me. So I was like, oh, it stuck with me. It's the first time that ep sees the little girl. Because like right now, we don't know if this little girl is like sinister from I mean we also don't know how long yeah. she was alive on the ship before yeah. she died, sort of thing. Um, because we really have no information other than everyone died in that horrible accident. Yeah. But what happened after. So she sees her and she's just sitting there looking at her. And you know how I feel about little kids in movies. Yep. Already creepy. But it's also this moment of like, she has been on the ship. She's, she's tired. She's been, I don't know, little not traumatized, but just like overwhelmed by so much information. So maybe it's not real, but we know it's real because we yeah. know the little girl. Yeah. But she doesn't, this little girl just gives us no information about how she is yet. So we don't know if she's there to help. Yeah. We don't know if she's evil yet. I don't know. Like, so it's just really cool. And it scared me because I was like, Epps has no idea what's happening, but neither do we. If you had never seen this movie, you would have no idea what the intentions of this little girl are. Yeah. So now you're like, do we trust her? Do we not trust her? What's happening? I don't like this. Like, <laughs> and it's also just creepy to see someone so pristine and such a, you know, yeah. disgusting and like deteriorating. Like white dress. Yeah. So it's, it's that frozen in time thing. That's always scary. Yeah. It's like, you don't belong here, but there you are. <laughs>
0: When I started this movie, I was like, this is giving me real like Tower mm-hmm. of Terror vibes. <laughs> and that
1: movie scared me shitless as a kid. It 100% has that exact vibe. Thank you. Of very like, this is old, this is gross, but everyone looks like they should be there, but yeah. just not now. Yeah. So it's like, it's mm-hmm. that frozen in time where like you look like you should be here, but just not in this moment. And mm-hmm. that's what's so upsetting. Mm-hmm. Oh. So that got me. It's just that first moment because you have no idea yet. They have yeah. not established at all why she's haunting it. Nope. So you don't know who to trust and it's scary. So yeah. other, oh, other moments are scarier. Yeah. There's some really good jump scares and like they're effective. Like jump scares in this are effective, but I don't know. Yeah. I would just messed with my brain that. Yeah. That'll do it. So it was good because like one
0: of the things this movie does is it gives you the, what, In the first scene. Yes. The what is that a huge number of people died violently. And you come to find out that there are more what's. (laughs) And there are more who's. But what you don't get until the end is the why. Yes. And so to me it was very compelling because it's like, okay, well, we have all these people that got cut in half for why. Right. (laughs) And I found Mm -hmm. it very fascinating because it's like, we see this little girl go, or this little girl that has seen just a traumatic, horrific event. We don't know how she died. We don't know how long she was alive. Right. We don't we, know if she died as a child. Like, for a while, based on, like, the drawings in her room... Yeah. I Because she had one of her, like, on a raft. On And a I was raft. like, did she
1: survive for a while? I thought she tried to leave. Like, yeah. When and I first watched this, I was like, how long was she there? Alone. What does being alone on a ship full of a bunch of people that died
0: do due to you? Yeah. Does she become the evil that animates the ship? Like, you exactly. don't know.
1: Does her... Cabin fever of, like, I'm tired of being alone. Let me bring you in yeah. so I don't have to be alone. They make her seem like this scary thing. Yeah. And it is cool. It It's cool. It's neat. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. It's just interesting. Yeah.
0: I had two in the running for my scariest moment. Mm-hmm. And one of them was because uh, I take notes as I go. Right. And, like, when you put something in all caps, it's like, oh, this is a section header. Yeah. And so my notes... Our bubble transition, um bodies pour out, maggot mouths, fuck, 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 and soul moths. And so I went to the fuck, fuck, fuck to see what it was for.
1: Are you referring to the souls at the end of the uh-huh. movie? Mm-hmm. When we get after your scariest moment, can I just say a sin that I thought? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Do you want to hear what the fuck, fuck, fuck was about? Yes. Munder getting pulled into the gears. Yeah. That was gnarly. It's fucking. And it's like, I called it. Like, I knew it was going to happen. You always call how these people are going to die, but you just still hate to see it. Oh, My other scariest moment was potentially the body bags in the freezer because it ends up being a comedic thing, but it is a jump scare nonetheless. Right. And it caught me. Yeah. 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 So that's my scariest moment. Let's talk about soul moths.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about the souls at the end of the movie, uh-huh. leaving the bodies of all the ghosts. Uh-huh. What did you think they looked like? I thought they looked like moths. Yeah, I thought they the looked flame. like moths. You know what? I thought sperm. they looked like sperm. Yeah. <laughs> How did I know? How did I fucking know? <laughs> because there's something wrong with me. I was watching this and I was like, oh, they're free. Oh, well, they do oh, look like
0: sperm. That's. I think that's fair, though, because someone, when I was in high school, mm-hmm. was would always point out when someone had sperm brows... Where like they overplucked the ends. So it was like it looked thick and then oh. Yeah. No. And so I do have an eye for the sperm shape. And if I yeah. wasn't soul stuck so stuck on the soul moths, I probably would have said soul it, sperm.
1: Yeah, and the only reason I'm saying it is because like they were not helped by the fact that it does look a little bit like it's the milky. shape. Yeah, it looks a little bit like the shape yeah. because you get like a little bit thick and then they have a tail to show them like really transitioning to the sky. But unfortunately, they're milky white, and I was like, "I know what you're going for," mm-hmm. but I see sperm. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't see sperm, I don't want to see. I don't want to, but I do. Nobody wants to see sperm. Nobody okay. Wants to. Nobody wants. Nobody. To. If you do, don't lie. <laughs> Stop it. But that's what I saw, and it didn't ruin the moment for me. I was still like, "Oh," but I was every now and then I go, "Oh," so yeah. <laughs> you know. But yeah, moths is nice too. Well, <laughs> they can no longer be moths. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was soul sperm, and I hate it. We, we have know. soul sperm and spirit tackles right now, oh, and god. nugget mouths. But anything, you know, I, anything that stops me from saying sperm. So well, so oh god, I want to hear tropes. Okay. And then we'll choose our rating. Hopefully not the sperm one. Okay, let's hear these tropes. So we've already gotten
0: to cotton is not. I was like, "What are you doing here?" I don't know (laughs) (laughs) what's going on here. (laughs) You ask why, and I (laughs) shrug. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Uh, So some of them I've already like mentioned. Yeah. So artistic license with the history of Mm the Mary Celeste um the ferryman are you talk about that Love and that. that dovetails into meaningful name where it's like someone's name is like uh what's the word I'm looking for I'm trying to think of like an example um I feel like Harry Potter did it a lot where it's like <gasps> oh uh Remus Lupin that was right. like wolf. Lupin means
1: wolf like yeah yeah like then name- Remus and Romulus were like yeah so it's right. like it was wolf. It's like they're spelling it out for you. Yeah, you just have to know where to look and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's
0: like if you don't know Greek mythology, then you're not going to get ferryman for a like while. I didn't. Yeah, I was which like, fine, sure, whatever. Yeah.
1: and then you said it, and I went, ferryman,
0: ferryman. Yeah. And like, oh come on. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like those names where it's like, well, we can't be too on the nose. Right. So instead of naming this angel Light of God, I'm going to say Gabriel or like something like, <laughs> I am Light of God. <laughs> they're like, hold on. <laughs> I am sunshine of heaven, but in French.
1: <laughs> but in French. <laughs> but in French. As you see.
0: Yeah. So, uh, that's like meaningful name yeah. where it's like some people might, you might catch on. Yeah.
1: But it's not like so obvious. And it's in also most not respects. detrimental if you don't like there yeah. was nothing wrong with me. Not, I still no. figured it out. Yeah. But yeah, like that's super cool. Yeah. So that's, uh, the
0: ferryman and meaningful name. Mm-hmm. And that also pulls into mythical motifs mm-hmm. and nautical folklore. So the mythical motifs, I think I already covered these as well, but Mm -hmm. um, it was basically, I wanted to dig into like what a motif is. Yeah. So a motif in narrative is quote, a distinctive repeating feature or idea. Often it develops other narrative aspects such as theme or mood. A narrative motif can be created through the use of imagery, structural components, language, other elements, et cetera. That's from Wikipedia. Thanks, Wikipedia. From Studio Binder, we have a definition of motif in cinema. Mm Mm-hmm a repeated narrative element that supports the theme of a story. Same thing. A motif in film can be represented in a number of ways, like physical items, sound design, lines of dialogue, music, colors, and symbols. Any motif used will vastly improve your story if it has narrative significance. Makes sense. (laughs) And so the motif of, like, the Greek nautical mythology of, like, the sirens and the ferrymen, to me, those were strengthening it. Yes. Because there is so much lore attached to being on the sea. So to that's me, cool. it was really strong, especially as
1: her name. What's her name? The singer, Uh, Francesca. Francesca as the siren, because it's like I, I don't know, because she didn't seem necessarily evil. It felt like she was just doing what she does. Yeah, and like as a siren, that's just what you do. That's just what you do. So yeah, it was super spooky and cool. Yep. So
0: that that is artistic license. The ferryman, meaningful name, mm-hmm. mythical motif. Okay, check out the elevator. This is an easy one.
1: <laughs> oh, that laugh came out of me was so evil. <laughs> <laughs> Greer is doing like everyone's just kind of walking around he's my favorite line is just like it's not cheating if it's a ghost like he's so done he's like listen everything sucks I'm gonna fuck this ghost okay excuse me while I fuck this ghost send me to the elevator let me fuck that ghost (laughs) But like earlier in the film, like when they first got
0: on the boat, he's exploring and then he looks down the elevator shaft and he's like, I would hate to go down there is basically what his face says. I was like, oh, that's how he'll die. Yeah. And it's just like, you know. And so then he does
1: get lured by the singer. I mean, they also totally, with him constantly being like, my wife, I don't want to leave my fiance. I love her. I can't wait to marry her. And then the way he's killed is by the siren because he can't resist. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: Incredible. (laughs) So that, uh, Chekhov's Elevator. Love that. Yep. I can't. Uh, Then let's see. This is where we get into one that I don't think I've brought up before. We'll it's see. called the Batman Gambit.
1: Okay. I don't think so. Oh, and God. if we did, it has not been recently. Okay. So
0: the Batman Gambit is, quote, a plan that revolves entirely around people doing exactly what you'd expect them to do. Ah,
1: okay. So it's
0: like... I don't I don't know, Batman. I was gonna be like the Riddler would do what does the Riddler do? The Riddler would riddle. I was and like the joker would, would
1: joke. <laughs> and the penguin would wait. He'd pang. <laughs> <laughs> he would do it. He'd pang if he wanted to. You can't stop that man from panging. I'm sorry. <laughs> Never a <apologize. I'm> <laughs> I, I am not well. I'm not well.
0: <laughs> oh, goddamn. Okay. So if you have like Okay, let's go with Dora the Explorer. <laughs> Swiper will swipe. <laughs> that's what he does. <laughs> sure will. <laughs> so if you want to set a trap, you put something that Swiper wants in the middle of it, and he's gonna swipe because that's what he does. So the Batman gambit is relying on him doing exactly what you think he'll do. It can be undone if he... He can't change. He <laughs> can't change. It could be undone if he has recently faced... Like his kleptomania, A moral urges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if he has outwitted the Batman in *Dora the Explorer*, and <laughs> it's like they think I'll steal it, so I won't steal it. So the Batman Gambit really does rely entirely on people doing what you exactly. think they will do, right? But if Swiper doesn't swipe, you're shit out of luck. You, you know, do?
1: what do you do if he doesn't swipe? I'll swipe. <laughs> <laughs> you can always count on that. And I'll yeah. always swipe.
0: So then we have the Batman's Gambit, which is, in this case, Ferryman's plan hinges on people succumbing to greed. If they don't do that, then he gives them a little nudge because he's the Corruptor, which is the next trope. So what is the Corruptor? It is an evil character that convinces otherwise decent or perhaps just neutral people into doing evil things. Yeah. It's important that the corruptor is doing this on purpose with full knowledge that they're doing it. Right. They're not like accidentally selling souls to the devil through quirky miscommunications. Oh, what? Like Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> Oops, all Satan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's my dream. Right? <laughs> so uh.
0: the corruptor will do this for a variety of reasons. Sometimes yeah. it's just for fun or in the TV Trump's language for the evils. <laughs> Yes. for the lulls for the evils yes, yeah, for the evils uh, sometimes it's for fun sometimes they want to feel better about themselves so they right. drag other people down to join them in hell or it can also be because it benefits them right in this case Fairman is a soul salvager so maybe he enjoys what he does but it's also his employment right this is not a defense of him he <laughs> not a defense not listen a defense. it's just his explanation it is Capitalism his job to be a corruptor
1: even in the underworld <laughs> yeah fuck yeah because he was very nervous about his boss. He's like, listen, if I don't get this, he'll be so mad. Like, management will be pissed. And, like,
0: this is why you need a strong union. <laughs> I'm just going to say it now. Listen! This is it! They
1: should unionize. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, continue. I'm sorry, but... No, I get it. I just think that the these souls should soul unionize. The should unionize.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, basically, the Corruptor is never a character that gets a redemption arc. They don't get, like, the heel face turn. They yeah. don't... Like, they get a lot of airtime. But they don't get, like, oh, I thought about the error of my ways. They're just the bad. Right? (laughs) That's it. And so I thought it was so cool that, like, he is relying on people being greedy. And then when it doesn't work for Epps, he's like, well, I can keep pushing you and pushing you. And, like, with Dodge, Dodge was like, no, I'm going to do what Epps said because I trust her. Right. And no, you're going to say shitty things, but I'm not going to do anything bad unless I have to. And then he tricks him into shooting him, basically. Yeah. And so that's a sin, apparently, right. killing people. Who knew? Whatever. I <laughs> wish I'd known sooner. <laughs> oh, I knew it, cannibal. <clears throat> I never said I ate them. Well, it was implied. Okay. Well, um, ways not, want not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying I know now. <laughs> I've also said it multiple times on the episode, so I can't even be that mad that I was a cannibal. But I'm not, to be clear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we same thing? Uh, we both did, like, like, the chin dip. <laughs> the classic chin dip of... <laughs> I'm not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> Am I in danger? Am I in danger? <laughs> so, yeah, the Batman gambit. You're yeah. expecting... They gotta, they gotta yeah. do exactly what you think they'll do. Yeah. <laughs> and if they don't, then you're shit out of luck. And so... Yeah. And he really was... <laughs>
1: Those are all my tropes. Those are good tropes. Thank Those you. Are good. <laughs> now, you know we have to decide how to rate this movie. And I don't want to say the sperm one. So let's do every other option first. <laughs> okay. What do we got? Don't. What? Which one? We have ghost tackles, spirit tackles, maggot mouths, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is funny. Mm-hmm. And then we have... And then we have the innocent soul moths. No, that just they're like soul light. sperm. Stuff. No, they're soul sperm. I,
0: we we all I don't think we can fight the truth, you know?
1: I just don't want this to be someone's first episode. And they'll be like, do they name everything after something disgusting? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. We don't want them to know our truth yet. <sighs> maybe this is someone, maybe they like it. This is someone's maybe first they're episode. Like and they're like, maybe they name everything after sperm. And I'm like, maybe we do. <laughs> we won't. We won't. But they don't know that. This is a one-off. Is it? <laughs> we have so many movies to go and I don't think this is the last time I'm going to accidentally see sperm within the image. <laughs> I'm haunted. <laughs> Haunted by the soul sperm. <laughs> <laughs> no! You know when you hit someone on the head in a cartoon yeah. and the angels slider? Yep, yep. It's like that, but with soul sperm around my head. I'm like, oh. ah! ah! <laughs> let's, let's rate the movie. Yep. <laughs> you want to do a three, two, one instead of last time, where we knew we were giving it five, so we just went, woo! Yeah. Hold on. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Three, two, one. Yay! <laughs> we both gave it. Four soul sperms. With mm-hmm. a total of eight soul sperms. <clears throat> it's eight too many. Um, Soul sperm. I'll start because, listen, I know my truth. The movie is fun. <laughs> the movie is wild. The movie has an interesting plot. The lighting is fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and be- I can't give it five because where is your light source? We are not in an aquarium. Yeah. But I like it nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, the visual effects, honestly... Although I do think some were kind of unnecessary. I'm also looking at this in a lens from now instead of the 2000s. In the 2000s, that was probably dope as hell. And people were like, hell yeah, I want to see this man torn- transform into another man. Right now, I'm like, mm, less is more. Yeah. But that's just a preference thing. So I'm not going to fault it for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I give it yeah. four soul sperm Yep, uh,
0: because I, it's just a fucking fun movie. <laughs> it's fun. It's just so fun. Like I want to
1: watch it again. It's just 13 ghosts. It's Same 13 director. ghosts. I get it. That's why I said like, why is this person not making more movies? Because honestly, I'd watch them. They're hot garbage, but I'm going to sit through it I'm and go, I'm going to watch them.
0: Where it's like character development not there. The characters are very one dimensional. The plot isn't super strong. No. But goddamn, I had a good
1: time but damn watching it. I want
0: to see it. And it's- I'm going to watch it again. You mentioned, like, oh, I bought this. I'm like, oh, I only rented it. I should
1: buy it. Like- <laughs> oh, I didn't buy it. I rented it. Okay, <laughs> okay to okay, be clear, okay. I should just fucking buy I'm it. I'm just going to buy it because I like this movie <laughs> I told a lot. My, I told my friend about this movie and I was like, listen, you don't like horror movies, but this is a movie that you might enjoy. And I was like, I'm really sad we didn't get to watch this. I'm going to rent it again and watch this with mm-hmm, them because mm-hmm. I'm like, you might like it. Yeah. I hate it, but it's, it's a fucking good time. Just like ice cream. It makes me sick, but mm. I'm going to eat it for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I'm going to get sick for the rest of my life because it's worth it. Honestly. It's fucking worth it. Fuck. So that's our rating. That's our rating. Does that wrap up our discussion
0: of the movie so. holes? <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: I have no nostalgia for, for the, the movie holes. holes. <laughs> I'm tired of haunting this ship, Grandpa. That's too damn bad. That captain that tackled her, <laughs> uh, too damn bad. We're off the rails this episode. Oh, we damn. took a week off, and now we have too much energy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that wraps up that our discussion. It up. Of Ghost Ship, which was a patron pick. Patron pick! Become a patron. Nikki did mention earlier, but also I need to say at the end, because thank you, patrons. That was super fun. That was <laughs> really fun.
1: Thank you. I, I, You were absolutely absolved of your sin for choosing the Mothman Prophecies yep. now, but you were on thin ice for a while. I love you. But don't do that again. <laughs> Never again. Never again.
0: <laughs> If you enjoyed your time with us, we would really appreciate if you'd rate and review on an Apple Podcasts. That's the one that helps other people find us the most. But if I don't know why, but
1: yes. Yeah, <laughs> if you want
0: to rate and review anywhere else, we'd love that too.
1: Even word of mouth. Even if you yeah. just like, we're on Twitter, or oh on Instagram. Yeah. Like, if you want to retweet things on Twitter and just be like, "Hey, this is a really good podcast." Yeah. So tell your friends. One honestly, of our
0: friends hates horror movies. Hates and it. it like, I don't listen, but I recommended it to someone, yes. and then they loved it. I was like, "That's all I want." And that's all I want. <laughs> if yeah. you don't
1: like horror, this Absolutely. is honestly a great way to listen and be yeah. like, "I don't want to watch this, but yeah. I do want to know what's happening." Happening. Yeah. Good stuff.
0: You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Just Go cool With It and every week we'll post the movie for the week. Mm-hmm. Usually on Wednesdays. Usually on Wednesdays. Sometimes on Thursdays when yeah. you forget what the day of the week We both work full time and do
1: wild stuff. Well, oh, I don't boy. work full time. Listen, we'll get into it later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shut your mouth. I'm just that. I'm out of time. I don't understand I how time works.
1: Yeah, our posts are a little out there sometimes yep. but we'll get there. We'll we're get there. We're getting there. And we also <laughs>
0: share just like really great memes like and the no context quotes. yeah honestly
1: <laughs> if you don't if you don't like any of our other posts the no context quotes are always banger yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> good stuff and you can check out our extended show notes on our website justgowithitpod.com you could even take a look at our Patreon at mm. patreoncom slash
1: it. It's a good, it's a, it's a good place. Yeah. <laughs> we just watched. What did we watch? Oh my God, we watched the fucking Cloverfield paradox. Oh fuck. Yeah. We, we do Simon watches, which is how this podcast started. Like we would watch movies, Kate and I, and mm. then just text about it. Yep. And then I was like, What if we talked about this? What if we <laughs> well, just? Kate uh, actually yeah. said that. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, it was a good time. We do Simon watches this Saturday. This comes out Sunday, so it'll yeah. be after this. Yeah. But. For us, this Saturday, we have a horror game stream where mm. I am playing Outlast for the first time. Mm, it's so and funny. it's a good time because I have too much confidence.
0: <laughs> and it's, so far, it's worked out it's pretty worked well out for you. It's too
1: well. Yeah.
0: yeah. Let's see if that will carry you through. It won't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yes, patrons have a great time. They get to pick movies like this one, and I, I love them. <laughs> They're just great. They're great. We have great discords. Yeah. Great discord chats, so... Yeah, join.
0: Yeah, so we'd like to take this opportunity to thank our existing patrons <gasps> yes. Kim, Kelly, Neharwell, Will, Rachel, Kelsey, Tim, Beth, Kayla, Meg, Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, Janice, and Brian. Woo! Oh, woo! I did a little dance. Hey. Just you. <laughs> <laughs> The intro and outro music yeah. was created by
1: Anthony Roccozella. The cover art is by your very own Nikki Solomon. <laughs> That's me. Maybe I like it. Did you like how I was looking at a crowd, uh-huh. going, What? Uh-huh. Oh, You're all me? here for me? <laughs> <laughs> they like me. They like me. <laughs> Even though I accidentally came up with the term soul sperm? They so, like me. Despite the soul sperm, the crowds love Nikki. I I'm gonna I'm gonna edit in. Applause. Just, <laughs> I can't believe I just said that because now I am going to do it. <laughs> That's too much work for me. <laughs> applause. <Woo. laughs> She's the word. <laughs>
0: Tommy Longarms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>